I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 76. Hello and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I was so excited to jump into scripture this week because I knew where I wanted to start the very first time I ever heard the song that we're going to highlight this week, which is Impossible by Building 429. I knew that I wanted to start with scriptures that talked about the idea that with God, nothing is impossible. And I knew that I had seen it several times in scripture. And I knew a couple of places for sure that I could go, but um, I was able to explore a little bit and find some, some places that I had not seen before. Now, I know that by getting into God's word and staying in God's word, it will transform the the way you think. I know it. And that's why uh, I continue to do this podcast. And that's why I continue to spend time in God's word. I want it to allow, I want to allow it to change the way I think. The problem these days is that we tend to like and retweet and share things that sound good or seem good and right or are inspiring to us, but not necessarily what is true. And taken out of context, even scripture can be misused. Now, I love the tempo and musicality of this song, and add to that, it's going to lead us to scripture. So I don't think you'll ever sing it the same again after we spend some time in scripture. So let's dive right in. The key phrase I want to draw your attention to in the chorus of this song is when we trust the God of miracles, then there's no such thing as impossible. Might I add for him? There is no such thing as impossible for God. Now, the song begins by saying that we have visions and dreams and passions, and that is how we are made. And this idea is true, but it's incomplete. In fact, Proverbs 19.21 confirms that our hearts are filled with plans. It says, many plans are in a man's heart. And when I look at the word plans in the Hebrew, I see synonyms such as thoughts, devices, designs, plots, schemes, and intentions. Our hearts are full of them. And then comes the but. Remember I said it's true yet incomplete? So it's true that we're full of visions and dreams and passions, but scripture says the counsel of the Lord will stand. 
Some versions say the purpose of the Lord will stand. Now, when I look into the Hebrew word for counsel, it, of course, can be translated purpose, as I mentioned, but it can also mean advice and strategy. So our hearts might be full of these visions and dreams and passions, but God's advice, his strategy and purpose will be accomplished. So our goal in this life should be to align our many thoughts and devices, designs, plots, schemes, and intentions with God's advice, with his counsel and his purposes, because those things will be accomplished no matter how impossible the circumstances seem. So here's the idea. Here's the deal. When I uh, looked for nothing is impossible in scripture, here's what it didn't say. It didn't say with love and patience, nothing is impossible. It didn't say uh, the word impossible is only in the mind and not in the heart. If we can remain in the heart, there will be no end to our progress. It did not say when love is your power and imagination is your guide, nothing is impossible. Neither did it say Virtually nothing in this world is impossible if you just put your mind to it and maintain a positive attitude. What it did say when I looked up, nothing is impossible with God in scripture. It said this. It said that when God promised that Abraham and Sarah would conceive and give birth to a son within a year, the same Abraham and Sarah that were so old, (laughs) They questioned it. God said this in Genesis chapter 18, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year and Sarah shall have a son. He did not say, love is your power and imagination is your guide. He said, is anything too hard for the Lord? In fact, if you read the entire story, you're going to see that Sarah and Abraham's plans and plots and schemes to accomplish their heart's desire didn't amount to anything but heartache. But in the end, God's advice, his counsel, and his purposes stood. If we jump into 2 Kings chapter 3, the king of Edom, the king of Israel, and the king of Judah joined forces to fight the army of Moab. But they found themselves in a bit of a pickle because after about seven days of marching, they couldn't find any water for their armies or for their animals. And so when they asked Elisha, who was a prophet of the Lord, to inquire of God, he said, God said that he would fill the dry stream beds that they were standing around. God said, I'll fill them with water and not from the sky like they expected. I'm sure they expected Elisha just to pray and for the rain to come. uh, Or they just thought maybe that was the only way that could happen. But I love Elisha's response. This is a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also give the Moabites into your hand. So he says, I'm going to give you water, not in the way you expect it. And Elisha goes on to add, this is a light thing. In fact, that's our memory verse. I could have picked the one that said nothing is impossible with God. That would have made sense, right? To pick that as the memory verse. But I so love this idea. This is a light thing in the sight of the Lord. These things that we think are so heavy and so impossible. God just says, yeah, that's not so heavy and so hard. So once again, the king's. In this story, they had a plan. They had no shortage of ideas, I'm sure, when you put three rulers together. 
but it was the Lord's purpose that prevailed in his way, not in theirs. He didn't say, put your mind to it and maintain a positive attitude and water will come from the ground. He said, this is a light thing. I'll take it from here, my way. Then if we hop over to Luke chapter 1, you see an angel and he appears to a virgin and tells her she's going to be the mother of the Son of God. Want to know how? For nothing will be impossible with God, he says in Luke chapter 1 verse 37. But if you keep reading, what was Mary's response? Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now, angels don't have their own words. They're just messengers, servants of God. So Mary Mary didn't say, hey, wait, that wasn't the plan, plot, scheme, or intention I had for my life. You know, she said, okay, I'll walk in the counsel of God. I'll take his advice. I'll submit to his purpose for my life. And although scripture doesn't elaborate, I'm pretty sure God's plan for her life ended up being much more significant than anything she had planned. And forgive me for being a little sassy here, but the angel didn't say, the word impossible is only in the mind and not in the heart. Remain in your heart and there will be no end to your progress. Okay, so let's jump on to Matthew chapter 19. There's a rich young man and he went away sad after talking to Jesus because he was unwilling to give everything he had to the poor and follow Jesus. And Jesus went on to say, truly, I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, Jesus didn't say, with love and patience, nothing is impossible. He said, with God, all things are possible. In fact, listen closely. With man, this is impossible. So there are things that are impossible for us. So the next time you sing this. There is no such, no such thing. There is no such, no such thing. There is no such, no such thing as impossible, impossible. There is no such, no such Next time you sing that, just be sure you have a clear picture in your mind of the God of the universe. And for good measure, holler out for you at the end of it. There is no such thing as impossible for you. So where's the encouragement and where's the lesson? Well, I found one more place in scripture that I want to cover and then just kind of break down a little bit for you. In Jeremiah chapter 32, Jerusalem was under attack by the king of Babylon. And Jeremiah was in prison because he had basically prophesied against the king. He had prophesied that the king was going to be captured and ultimately destroyed and that it was God's will that it be so. And of course, the king couldn't stop it from happening, but he could get kind of aggravated and throw the messenger in prison, which is what he did. So while he's in prison, God tells Jeremiah to buy a field. Now picture this. The word is The world is ending, okay? And God tells Jeremiah to buy a field. And what use is a field to a man in prison whose entire nation is under siege? And God's already told him that everyone's going to be taken away to captivity for 70 years. Well, it was a symbol of hope 
to Jeremiah and to the people of God that fields and houses would be bought and sold again one day. But Jeremiah didn't quite understand, so he asked for understanding in this beautiful prayer of confession and adoration and thanksgiving, and he recounts God's great deeds to him. It is a wonderful example to us that we're going to get into in the homework. But uh, for now, I want to unpack God's response to Jeremiah. So I do want you to go and read Jeremiah's prayer to God. I'm going to assign that later in, in, in Jeremiah 32. We're going to, on the podcast, we're going to unpack God's response. But don't miss the prayer. It's a great, great example. So, um, In Jeremiah's prayer for understanding, he says this to God. He says, nothing is too hard for you. And in God's response to Jeremiah, right out of the gate, God says this, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? So then he gives a summary of what will happen to the city and why. At one point, he even says that they have turned uh, to me their back. And not their face. And though I have taught them persistently, they have not listened to receive instruction. So this city, this nation has sinned against God. And he is describing how they've sinned here. That's interesting too. So I don't think the destruction of Jerusalem was what God was talking about when he rhetorically asked Jeremiah, is anything too hard for me? I think it was in answer to Jeremiah's ultimate question, which is, tell me why I'm buying a field for a place I'm never going to come back to. So if you if we read, I'm going to read a few verses out of Jeremiah chapter 32. I'm going to start with verse 36. Now, therefore, says the Lord, and I'm going to read it in the English Standard Version. I normally read it in the New Living Translation, but there's some words here that are so great. And uh, just to remind you, the New Living Translation is uh, kind of in a, a phrases in ways that we kind of speak. But it, in the English Standard Version is a word-for-word translation, and the New Living Translation is a thought thought translation. So there's value in both of them. But in this one, uh, I'm going to unpack a couple of key words here. And so the word for word translation is what I'm going to read out of. So even though we don't say thus says the Lord, uh, generally in the way we speak today, that's the word for word. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel concerning this city of which you say, it is given into the hand of the king of Babylon by sword, by famine and by pestilence. Behold, I will gather them from all the countries to which I drove them in my anger and my wrath and in my great indignation. I will bring them back to this place and I will make them dwell in safety and they shall be my people and I will be their God. I will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me forever for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts and they may not turn from me. I will rejoice in doing them good. And I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and all my soul. For thus says the Lord, just as I have brought all this disaster upon this people, so I will bring them all the good that I promised them. 
Fields shall be bought in this land, of which you are saying, It's desolation without man or beast. It is given into the hands of the Chaldeans. Fields shall be bought for money, and deeds shall be signed and sealed and witnessed in the land of Benjamin, in the places about Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, in the cities of the hill country, in the cities of Shephelah, and in the cities of the Negev. For I will restore their fortunes, declares the Lord. Now, Jeremiah's personal circumstances were dire. He was in prison in a city that God had told him would be decimated. But in the midst of tragedy and desolation and even capture, Jeremiah confesses that nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing is impossible. And then God confirms it with his purposes and with his plan. And I know you probably don't have your Bible open uh, in front of you, which is why I want you to kind of maybe take this on as homework. But if you open that back up to those verses I just read, you're going to see these things. And I kind of made a little list. And you could maybe circle, uh, listen to the podcast again and circle as I go along or something like that. But first, he will gather. I love that word gather. The people had been driven out by his, by his anger, by his own admission, his wrathful response to their sin. But God's plan was that they be gathered back up. So he'll gather them. And then the next part of his plan was to provide them safety. So he's going to gather them back up from their dire circumstances and provide them safety. Then he will give them one heart and one way. You know, man's hearts, we're, our hearts are divided with all of these plans, these multitude of plans and ideas and passions and all these things. But God's counsel, his purpose is for us to have one heart and one way that we may fear him forever. And I'm not talking about fear as in afraid, but fear as in honor and awe because he is God. Then He will make an everlasting covenant that he will not turn away from doing good to us. And that covenant has been made through Jesus Christ. We are the beneficiaries of that everlasting covenant. And then he will place the fear of him in our hearts that we won't turn away from him. And he'll plant them in the land in faithfulness. And then did you hear it? Fields will be bought and sold. You know, this normal life will return in place of the desolation. God answered Jeremiah's request for understanding, and he can do the same for you. So no matter your current circumstances, there is nothing impossible with God. It is a light thing for him. It is not too hard for him. He will gather you up and provide safety for you and give you one heart and one way, his way that is good. And it includes awe and reverence for him because he is God and he is worthy. But with it comes a covenant that he will not turn away from doing good. He can plant you in the place he planned for you long ago and normal can return. The thing is, with man, things are impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. So commit your ways and your plans and your plots and your schemes to him. Let him be your God. Be his child. He's got big plans for you beyond anything you could ever ask or imagine. So what's next? 
Well, you could choose one of the other stories I talked about. So you could choose the story of Sarah and Abraham or the thirsty army or Mary, the mother of Jesus or the rich young ruler to ponder the details of just how impossible their situation seemed and how God responded or dive deeper into Jeremiah 32. I gave you the highlights, but Jeremiah's situation was dire. His prayer, again, is a great example to us. And we can learn a lot about God from God's own response to that prayer. So, But just as a summary, just remember, align your purposes with God's. And then no matter how dire your circumstances seem to be, you can be sure that nothing is impossible with him. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. You can email me directly, michelle at michellekneesat.com. I'm on Twitter and Facebook, and we can talk about what you're learning. And before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Tiffany from New York, Natalia from Delaware, Sean from Florida, Carlos from California, Cindy from Oklahoma, Paula from the Philippines, and Lori from somewhere in the U.S. They are my newest subscribers to my website, Welcome. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that I'm going to email you once a week. And in that email, you will get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone or your tablet or your desktop, or you could even print it out. Uh, You will also get an email recap of the week's episode. And sometimes I create extra resources that you've heard before. I didn't do one this week, but uh, where I'll have like a downloadable resource. And I always include those directly in. uh, You'll get instant access to those resources in your email if you are a subscriber. So it's just my way to thank you for listening. So you can head over to michellekneesat.com and subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. Subscribe in iTunes. And while you're there, please leave me a written review and a star rating. Now, this is an encouragement to me, just like your emails are, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Robo04, who said, oh, no, I've listened to almost all the episodes. I guess I'm going to have to listen to them more than once. They are that good. Thank you so much. You are too kind. I really appreciate the review. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use Do Everything by Stephen Curtis Chapman. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 76. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.